Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It's time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 177. We're recording this live Friday afternoon, April 11th, 2014. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in almost spring-like Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. God, I, you know what? It's spring because my hockey team didn't make the playoffs. I think that's the almost the opening to spring, isn't it? I see. Hey, neither neither did my hockey team, and and the final game of the season is is our two hockey teams face each other. So there you go. In the I don't care game. Yeah, nobody cares who wins. It doesn't matter game. But you know, Brendan Shanahan is now going to run things and change it all uh, overnight. Overnight, right. yeah. That voice you hear is obviously. It's Asif Khan from the Location Based Marketing Association. Yes. Yes. Mired, mired in the depression, which is postseason hockey without a damn team in the postseason. One Canadian team, a disgrace. We gold medal winners. One Canadian team, Montreal Canadiens. Anyways, long, long. I passed that. I'm into baseball, wholeheartedly into baseball. Asif, how was your week? Week was good. I actually got to be at home and catch up with a bunch of folks locally. And uh, yeah, very, very good week. Um, relaxing, got, you know, all good. All good. Can't and, complain. And you're gearing up for, you know, April is kind of that transition month, but you've got some events that are going on in April and then uh, early May. Why don't you talk about those? Yeah. So the uh, the first thing that we've got coming up is uh, we have this uh, this webinar that we're doing with a uh, LBMA member called Log My Calls. Uh, so that's taking place on Thursday, April the 24th, 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and it's titled Six Ways Location-Based Marketers Can Use Call Analytics. So this is all about... Um, you know the power of the uh, you know the call uh, analytics and tracking capability and and you know the power of from a lead perspective you know the value of a phone call and, and, you know as a real person that you can talk to as opposed to a click through or What's something that? else coming What's a phone from call, a mobile man? site. Uh, in fact, uh, in the promotion piece here, it says 64% of location-based marketers say that phone calls are the best leads they receive. <laughs> so there you go. It's old school. Phone it's old is school, old school. New school, all coming together. Um, so check. Check that out. The 24th at 2 p.m. Eastern. We'll have that up on the event page of the LBMA site. And then um, on May the 7th, our New York chapter uh, has an event called Luxury Meets Location. And where else would you do this but in New York City? Uh, we're, look, we're talking about luxury retail uh, and how mobile and location technologies are, uh, are being utilized in, uh, in that particular segment of the industry. Um, a lot of great uh, re retail brands are going to be out for the event. Uh, companies like, uh, you know, Gucci and Cole Haan and Sephora and folks like that will be there. Um, and we've got uh, Live Lux on the panel. We've got uh, um, uh, McCann uh, presenting some interesting research around this uh, stuff. Uh, so check it out again, uh, May the seventh, New York chapter. Um, hope you guys can be there. Both of these events, you can find more information at thelbma.com forward slash events. Yes. Yeah, very simple. That's it. April 24th, May 7th. Ah, well, that's a, that's a pretty relaxed schedule, man. That's a very relaxed schedule. Yeah. But that's good. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I myself am getting busy, but, you know, sort of, we, you know, from an LBMA event perspective, we're, it, May is when it kicks into high gear. Yeah. Well, and uh, that's good. That's good for you. That's good for the family. So see if you can make it out to one of those two events or both. It, you know, a webinar makes it very easy, and you can register um, certainly at thelbma.com forward slash events. 
Well, the show is jammed as usual. We have our 10 great stories, some awesome, awesome, awesome stories. And not only that, there's a backlog for next week, and I can't wait to talk about some of the stories for next week, so you'll have to come back and, and listen to those stories. We've got our 10 stories. we got our resource of the week. With uh, Just this time is an interview with uh, the co-founders of Mahana, which we featured here a couple of episodes ago uh, around using iBeacons inside of restaurants for various activities, and, and uh, managed to get these guys, uh, Brian, and Richard to sit in uh, for an Untethered.tv episode that will be up in a couple of weeks. And here you'll get a sneak preview of that for a few minutes. Um, and of course, we have right now, right now, the world famous Chuck Martin and his Mobile Minute. Chuck. Chuck. Here he is. It's time for another Mobile Minute. Here are your hosts, Bob Woodbridge and Chuck Martin. Welcome back to another Mobile Minute. Uh, are people still going into stores, physical stores? You know, those things with the doors and the walls and the bricks? Are they going in there? Not only are they going in, they're, they're actually spending, on average, 23 minutes in a store. And this is based on some uh, monthly tracking that, that Euclid does. And I've, I've been watching this for some time. They, they basically take six, 6 billion measurements a day. They analyze 250 million potential shopping sessions a year across thousands of locations. So they, they basically have devices that will track the motion of, of a phone either going by or coming in. And what the tracking is of the people who walk by, what percentage come into the store. So they, they found that uh, as basically as a piece of foot traffic, 9% of the people walking by actually go into a store, uh, which is up a, a percentage point from the same time a year ago. And 10% of the shoppers who go into a store leave within five minutes. So it's a really small window that a retailer has to essentially convert the mobile shopper to uh, a mobile buyer. And the, the the decrease in time was now is, is down a minute from a year ago to 23 minutes per visit. So the, there there isn't really a lot of time that that a, that a consumer has that a, that a consumer is going to shop basically. So what about people that come back? How often do these uh, consumers come back into the stores? Is it is it up or is it down? Are they one-time um, visitors? Well, it, it, it's a little down from last year. 13% of those within a 30-day period actually came back. So the, the, the good news is that people still want to shop in, in a physical store. The, the bad news is it may not be your store uh, once they're in it. So uh, that's what retailers need to do. Basically, need to convert the shopper while they're there. And that is Chuck Martin. Of course, we do that every single weekday, Chuck and I, on Untether.tv. We bring you the best one here for this week in location-based marketing. But, of course, you can subscribe to this through iTunes. And it's coming on uh, in audio soon. should be up there with the, first, the last 100 episodes uh, in audio. So you can just cruise through those very quickly just listening to those. But I thank Chuck for letting us use that here and, of course, for doing it with me each and every week on Untether.tv. Week after week after week. That, we've done 284 published episodes. That's crazy. Yeah, that's dedication. All right, on with the stories, man. Our top 10. Here we go. All right. First story. Listen, a uh, Tel Aviv-based company called StoreDot demonstrate a prototype biological battery, roughly the size of two cigarette packs. Now, if you don't know what the cigarette pack looks like, God bless you. That's good on you. All right? But take basically a uh, two smartphones and uh, jam them together. That's one cigarette pack if you're smoking the uh, 100 menthols. So two of those, basically... Uh, and this little thing, this biological battery, charged a Samsung Galaxy S4 in about 
30 damn seconds. Now I could demonstrate how long that is by going silent for 30 seconds, but you guys can do that. Count now, and that is how long it took to charge an S4 from dead to charged. So the rapidly charging smartphone battery is fabricated with chains of amino acids known as peptides. This is a little bit of science here, kids. When used to construct semiconductors for batteries, peptides charge faster and more reliably than traditional materials. Uh, if you're getting excited about this and turning your Bluetooth and Wi-Fi back on and cranking up the screen brightness to full and using your, your, uh, your flashlight all the time, hold on a second. This will not be available anytime soon as there aren't enough facilities that exist on the planet yet to produce a product uh, of this large a scale. You know what? Yeah, they're, ta they're talking about uh, 2016 for uh, commercial release Yes. around this, and they expect it to be about $30. Uh, not bad. 30 not bucks. Bad. Like I might spend that much bucks. in batteries just for my friend's um, smart pad. Yeah, I mean, I love this stuff. Science. I mean, this is crazy. Kids, stay in school. You Learn. could You could be the next creator of Quantum Dots. Here you go. If you're not, you will co-host this with Asif. That is your destination, right? <laughs> that, the, yeah, that, that's what's left after you don't go to school. Stay in school, stay in <laughs> science. Here. But in the interim, guys, your battery can suck on. There you go. It's a good way to end. All right, jump into our <laughs> second story, Asif. All right, the second story is really two stories in one because it's all about the same company, the great uh, Apple. Um, and uh, yes, Apple. So Apple, uh, first story is about a, a patent uh, that they've been granted uh, around something called location-based updating of embedded SIMs. So if you have a phone, uh, probably that phone has a SIM card in it that's connected to a particular carrier network that, uh, that you got the phone from. Um, you know, and in most cases, it's it's kind of locked to, to that network, and it doesn't work um, unless that carrier, you know, has a roaming agreement with with other carriers wherever you are. What we're talking about here is the idea of uh, an embedded SIM that's kind of built into the device that can update itself uh, based on wherever you are. Whether there's a roaming agreement or not, we can effectively generate an automatic SIM uh, based purely on location data. This is a pretty cool idea. I, I think this is like has huge potential. It, it's uh, in some respects kind of bad for, for, for the operators, the telecom operators, but... Uh, Good for Apple, uh, as most things are that they do. So um, I wonder if this check is. It out. I think I always think about when Apple does stuff like this. It's always about uh, you know in the back of my mind. I think that they're what they're trying to do is create their own carrier, their own network, their own infrastructure to power their own devices. And this is the ultimate in elitism. And and I want you know whenever I see something like this, I, I think this is this is one little piece closer to that master plan which we don't know yet. But uh, but if you do travel. Instead of carrying these two sims, this is an amazing thing if you have to travel outside of the country. So good on them. But this there is only go. half the story. Yeah, yeah, that's only half the story. And then, you know, because Apple's Apple and because they have Passbook and they've got, you know, iBeacons and they got all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, and, and we've talked a lot on this show about the, the potential where we think that's going for retail and, and iTunes as, the, as a payment platform and all that kind of stuff. They don't stop there. They're looking at you know healthcare, right? And why? Because we're talking about wearables all the time too. We're talking about all these devices collecting information about what's going on in our bodies and how many calories we burned today and how many steps we walked and all that kind of stuff. And Apple says, hey, let's get on top of that as well. And so they've created something called HealthBook, which is um, <clears throat> going to be, be available on iOS 8, I understand, uh, as part of the iOS 8 uh, update that, that we will all get shortly. 
Um, it's going to be uh, integrated into Passbook. It's going to you know, uh, be able to uh, pull data together on blood work and heart rates and hydration and blood pressure and a whole bunch of other things. Assuming, you know, I, I'm assuming this is leading to their smartwatch uh, piece as well to collect some of this data. But, uh, you know, I love these guys because they don't, they don't stand still, right? They're, not, they're never just, hey, you know, we got beacons and we got, you know, iTunes and Passbook and all that. Yeah, I mean, we got health data too, and so let's do that. So check it out. Uh, it's called Apple's Health Book. It's crazy. I can't wait to see that kind of stuff. So much speculation about what's going on, and yet they managed to keep it so tightly wound. Um, but if you're looking, you can head to 9to5Mac to find, see some uh, screenshots that I've been putting up there right as Asif has been talking. But if you are listening to this, just go to 9to5Mac.com. There you so, go. So cool. That's so cool. <clears throat> All right, uh, our third story. Uh, I don't know. Have you seen this movie, The Lego Movie, Asif? Uh, I have seen it. Yes, so have I. Very cool. And, and it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. It did not let down. Well, the, the Lego movie is finally launching in Australia this week, and they are embracing the digital out-of-home advertising with this huge, these huge digital billboard campaign running in Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane. Those are the three biggest cities in, in Australia. These, this is an uh, initiative that was uh, spearheaded by outdoor advertising company APN Outdoor, and uh, along with a media agency, OMD, as well as the film's co-producer, Village Roadshow. Now, the campaign is using location and large format digital signs to customize the message based on their location. So there's good morning messages. There's good evening messages, you know, to the cities where these billboards are in, uh, to these neighborhoods where these billboards are in, in order to be able to kind of absolutely pinpoint the location and make it as personal as you can, as a big glowing screen can. Um, and, and you know, so there's a couple of screenshots and a little video that you can see. Um, no word yet on the impact uh, on the movie or the awareness of the movie, uh, but uh, the Lego and uh, and digital screens really makes everything awesome. Yeah, yeah, I really love that, and and I think you know the idea of you know having these screens all over you know in these three big cities, uh, in different formats, and being able to use location data uh, to change the ad content and the format and what's being delivered based on that data is, is is interesting. I think that's that's for me like you know the big value that I saw in this particular story is you know the fact on on how they're actually using the 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 location data to decide what ad gets served when and and time of day and a bunch of other things factoring into this. It would just be really cool if you could customize the message right so that you know if you knew that your husband or your boyfriend or your brother or your mother were walking by at a specific time on the way to work or they worked around that spot you could actually send them a message like hey ma yeah you ma right you know <laughs> from a lego kid that's the next level right of absolute freakiness but that's yeah so if you haven't seen the movie go watch the movie that's the moral here hmm. all right our fourth story our fourth story uh is about coupons.com partnering with American Express. Uh, love this story. I'm all, you know, I, I talk all the time uh, about, you know, how easy it is to deliver a coupon or an offer to a mobile device, but, you know, how often it falls apart when it comes to redemption because, you know, store managers don't know what to do when you show them your phone, they haven't been trained properly or barcode scanners can't handle it or whatever the case might be. And so I'm a big fan of what you know we're referring to here, which is uh, what we call card-linked offers, uh, whether that's an Amex card or a credit, or, you know, some other credit card or a store loyalty card or whatever it is. But what Coupons.com is saying here is, look, 
you know, forget about getting the actual coupon and taking that in or, or trying to redeem it that way. In, instead, what you're going to get is, 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 as long as you pay with your Amex card and these offers have been presented to you through the Amex.com uh, portal, um, the, 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 the savings, the discounts will just show up as credits on your, on your, credit, on, on your credit card statement. Uh, and I like this. I think this is this is about streamlining redemption and making things simple for people, and 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 ultimately driving more traffic, uh, you know, to these retailers because you you're, you have exposure to these offers through that Amex portal. Surprise and delight. That's what that means to me, right? Even if you don't know it's coming and you get a bill with a discount on it or or your receipt with a discount on it already applied, that just surprises and delights. Mm -hmm. Yes. There you go. Speaking of surprises, they've, they've got some great. Uh, there's already. Uh, uh, Travelocity, uh, Vitamin World, uh, Athletica, uh, Body Shop, Gap, Old Navy, Tilly's, a few interesting brands already using the service. So there you go. I, you know, and, and that's a, about membership and benefit for being a member. And I think that that's, you know, Amazon is always, or uh, sorry, uh, Amex has always done that. Yes. And that's, I, I dropped my line there, which was well, Amazon. And speaking about amazing companies, speaking about awesomeness, Amazon. Yeah, these guys are on fire, and I mean that literally, literally mm. on fire. Days after launching its Fire TV media streaming box to compete with Apple TV, Hulu, and Roku, and Google TV, and all the other guys, the world's greatest company, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart, the world's greatest company launched the Amazon Dash. It's a Wi-Fi and voice-enabled barcode scanner, and here's how it works. It's pretty darn simple. Say you need something in a store, like a grocery store, you can either scan the barcode of that product that you want, or you can say, you know, just basically hit a button and record what it is that you want. Uh, and it is added uh, automatically to your shopping cart on Amazon with your Amazon.com account. And uh, that's it. Done. Then all you have to do is log on to either through the application, the mobile apps, or through the website. Look at, uh, at, your, uh, at your wish list or your, or your cart. Pay, review it. Pay for it. And then using their Amazon Fresh Grocery Service, it will be delivered the next day to your door. Crazy. Love it. This is only uh, available right now in Southern California, San Francisco, and Seattle. Boo! But if you're there, you can actually register your interest by going to fresh.amazon.com forward slash dash. The device is free, but this is an invite-only service. Please, 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 oh God, please, 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 oh God, come to Canada. Please, and not Toronto. Come to Ottawa first. Come to Ottawa. <laughs> Please. All right. Yeah, we, we have Grocery Gateway here, you know. Yeah, we have nothing. We have Loblaws. Yeah. Please. Amazon.com forward slash dash. Awesome, awesome, awesome. World's greatest company ever, 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 ever. Okay. Well, may maybe the next Ever, Asif, ever. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you know we're gonna take a little break here, right? Yeah. And have have our guest on, but the next best company will will be back on the flip side of that. Um, yes. You know, this little this little retailer that I love to talk about in the UK called Tesco. Tesco. So we'll be Tesco. back with that. All right. We are going to take a quick break here. We're going to bring in Brian Manel and Richard Bagdonas of Mahana. These guys are the co-founders. They are awesome. Literally, everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. These guys. Uh, Mahana is a company that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. They are doing iBeacons inside of the restaurant. So this is literally leveraging iBeacons inside of the restaurant to do a whole bunch of stuff. I sat down with them this week, in fact, um, and uh, had a long conversation for an upcoming Untether.tv episode. And here is a small clip 
a preview of that episode that you will see in a couple of weeks on Untethered.tv. But here is Brian and Richard of Mahana. How, how do you think that this kind of uh, a melding of technology, social, location, everything that you're talking about here that kind of, uh, you know, culminates in the beacon and then the prompt to the restaurateur or the, the host or the hostess or the waiter or whoever it might be, the owner. Uh, how do you think that this changes re the restaurant experience? You know, from my perspective, the, you know, my wife and I go out every Friday night. We have our babysitter come over and we're out on a date. Um, we want to feel special. Um, and we patronize the same restaurants. You know, we have a rotation that we go through. Um, what what really changes the experience is not the food, because the food is awesome. Mm -hmm. Not the service when you're at the table, because the servers are, are great. It's not the payment portion of it. The, the two things are the high and buy. So when we walk in the restaurant and they say, ah, Richard, great to see you again. Hey, you haven't been here in like two weeks. Um, and oh, by the way, Tina, yeah, we know you're gluten-free. We'll have a gluten-free menu at the table. And by the way, we have this special tonight that's gluten-free. That, that wins our hearts and our minds and our bellies. Has that ever happened? Yeah. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Good. We've kind of have this philosophy about, um, you know, if, if, you're, if you walk in the door and I don't know anything about you, I can provide service, right? I can be attentive. I can keep your water glass full, um, ask you if you need anything. And that only goes so far. But if I know how often you come in, I know some dishes that you've liked, I know some wines you've tried that you enjoyed, then it becomes more of a two-way dialogue. I know about you. I can provide real hospitality to you and say, you know, hey, last time you ordered shrimp scampi and you loved it, well, I've got this new thing. If you like that, I got something for you you'd really like, right? Or you really enjoyed this, this wine because you thought it was dry and white. I got a new one on the list that just came in. You might enjoy it. Then now we're talking. Right now it's like service. Now this is like you know more special to me because the the servers we've discovered I think know a ton of information. They they taste items that come out of the, the kitchen. They know lots of things. It's doing about you, right? So if they actually knew something about you, they can actually provide a wealth of information to make your whole experience much much better. You know, they, and, and Rob, they say yep. that a service is a monologue, hospitality is the dialogue. That's great. What a great saying. Because, uh, you know, that it just it just strikes me that we're in this age of uh, infinite choice. Right. And, and certainly technology has made it these these devices that we carry has, has made it very easy to find alternatives on the fly. Right. Like you may have decided that you're going to go to a restaurant, but the line might be too long or the wait might be too long. And it only takes a matter of moments to find a replacement for that restaurant and jeopardize the relationship that you have already created with a restaurant that is forcing you to wait, right? So I think that there's there's that kind of the dehumanizing piece of technology, which would allows you to find a replacement. As callous as it might say, is like, that food is great, but I can find something over here that's equivalent and I'm gonna go over here now. Um, so I think that that in-store, in-restaurant experience is so vitally important that will, you know, when there is a 40 minute wait or a one hour wait, you're going to do it because you know it, it's, a, it's an open embrace when you walk in. That's, is, is that the goal of what you guys are, trying, are creating here? Yeah, that's, you know, Mahana means warm in Hawaiian, right? Warm and inviting. So that's really the, that's the, the entire goal. I think service, you know, if, if, if I go into a restaurant and um, maybe the food wasn't all that great, it's very, very hard to trot out 350 plates a night and have everyone be spot on, yeah. right? Um, if maybe the food wasn't perfect, a little bit salty, whatever. 
But if when I walked in, they greeted me by name, they had my margarita on the rocks, no salt, making at the bar when I walk in, I can overlook a bunch of things, right? Mm-hmm. If that service element is there. So um, so it's it's really, we're trying to, you know, almost, it's hard at scale, but, you know, restore that era when you, you know, as like you, you walk into the local meat store, they know you, they know your number, they know what you ordered last time and whatever, like trying to restore that very um, personal element of, of, of old school commerce uh, back into our lives again. Leveraging behind the scenes technology that's pretty damn advanced. <laughs> yeah, leveraging right. a little tiny computer plugged in the wall. That is Brian and Richard of Mahana. If you'd like some more information about what these guys are up to, go to getmahana.com. That's M-A-H-A-N-A, get M-A-H-A-N-A.com, get Mahana. Brian, Richard, thank you guys for being a part of this. And thank you, of course, for being on Untether.tv. We'll see you in a couple of weeks for the longer episode. You can sign up for the mailing list and you'll get notified as soon as it's live. You might as well, you might want to do that. It's, it's worth it. It's worth it. All right, on with the show, pal. All right, so you think that this company is on par with Amazon? Well, I mean, from from an innovation and a willingness to test stuff, uh, absolutely. Pull Tesco out this week because uh, there's a story that came out about them running uh, an iBeacon trial, like every retailer that's running an iBeacon trial right now. But here's a little something different. Instead of them looking at putting iBeacons in and understanding you know, where people are in the stores and sending them an offer to get them to buy something, they have no interest, it seems, in doing any sort of promotional marketing whatsoever. What's wrong Instead, with them? Instead, they're using the iBeacon technology from a customer service experience improvement point of view. So being able to tell people that you know, products are, or you know, when products are out of stock, be, being able to, you know, uh, you know, connect with them and help them, you know, find an alternative product or help them, um, you know, get, you know, get something, uh, something at, a, at, you know, at a, di- at a different price, uh, you know, point, or being able to alert them to, you know, pull a, a customer service rep to the floor or whatever the case might be. Uh, but they're using this purely in a customer service framework as opposed to, you know, here's an offer on something that's, you know, on the shelf that you happen to be nearby. And I love it. Um, I think everybody should be thinking about this, um, you know, as an application. You know, there's so many things you can do with iBeacons, right? And it's not just about deals. You know, this uh, really, really, really fits well with a uh, with a mobile minute that's upcoming on Untether uh, about this the, the this staggering number of people who actually leave stores uh, because they don't find the products that they want or the prices that they want, like a staggering number, and and yeah. and, and that is a, a growing number. And I think that Tesco doing this kind of stuff really does. It, it's easier to keep good customers, keep customers in your store, keep customers as customers, as yeah. opposed to pissing them off or trying to leverage this technology mm-hmm. to to drive uh, new customers. Just keep the ones you've got. Start there. And yeah, think, or, or or you know, even just find like getting somebody to come help you, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, picture you're in a Home Depot. Right, and how many times have you been in a Home Depot and you're somewhere and you need to ask some, you know, one of the one of the salespeople a question, and then you kind of you're walking from aisle to aisle trying to find a guy in an orange uh, uh, apron somewhere uh, to to flag him down, right? And you know, what if there was something right there, you know, on 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 the shelf in the aisle that you know uh, that you could just you know tap or do something with that sends a push notification um, and and to all the guys on the floor and, and immediately get somebody to come come out and help you. I like it, right? I mean, that's that's what we're talking about here. And how often does that happen at Home Depot? All the time. All the time. All right, that's Tesco. We'll talk about those guys a little bit later in the show. Uh, our seventh uh, story is uh, about Uber and their new service called Rush, right? 
This is unbelievable. Uber is uh, launching a package delivery service called Rush, and it's only available in New York City. And uh, it uses bike and on-foot messengers to get your, your stuff from where it is to where it should be. It works the same as Uber does. You basically launch the application. You request a messenger. They come by foot or by bike. They pick up your package. They leave. You can track them. The person who you're sending the package can track them through the Uber app. Basically, you, you get notified when the app when the uh, the messenger has delivered the package. Pricing is done as every other uh, messenger and courier is done based on zones. It starts at 15 bucks. It goes up $5 per zone. And for those of you who care, who are in Manhattan, which is not us, it's uh, there are five zones, so the most you'll pay actually is forty dollars for delivery. You can find some more information at blog.uber.com forward slash rush. And there was a, a sidecar story. Like uh, we'll talk about Uber and Uber's amazing, and what they're doing is incredible. And uh, we'll talk about this kind of Uberfication of Uber that's happening. Um, and I don't know if that's too meta, but we will be talking about that a little bit later on the show. But there's a side thing here that which just kind of shows you the impact that Uber has had on this industry and on all of us is uh, it's Zephyr Car, where you what, what do these guys do? It's at ZephyrCar.com where they you you quite literally uh, they rent you a car to become an Uber black car. Yeah, like if service. you don't own a car, basically for for twenty bucks a day, uh, you can rent a Toyota Prius and then you can be an Uber driver um, and make money. Like, um, I love it. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And it's, it, you know, I mean, Uber, Lyft, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. They've got partnerships with all these guys. But basically, it's it's like, let's just create more capacity for the Uber, Lyft network uh, by enabling anybody to, you know, even if you don't have a car, to get a car for 20 bucks a day and then go out and make money from it. I love, like, crazy, crazy stuff. And somewhere, somewhere in New York City and all these big cities, the, the taxi cab teamsters are rolling over saying, what the fuck? How did this happen? Everybody's a cab driver now. You know, it's just terrible for those guys. But the innovation, you can't oh. stop it. And you, you're not going to be able to limit this. So we're talking about uh, Rush from Uber and Zephyr Car. Go to Zephyr Car, Z or Z, depending on what country you're in, dot com. And go in, and you know, I don't think you can rent a Prius for twenty bucks a day. You can, can you? from these guys. Yeah, yeah twenty-five cents a kilometer, and then they say you can make sixty or seventy bucks. Uh, I, I just ah, entrepreneurship, love it. All right, our All eighth right. story. Yes. Okay. Our eighth story uh, is about something called the Wellbeing Project. Uh, Wellbeing is one word, W-E-L-L-B-I-N-G project. Uh, this is being launched in, in the uh, city of Santa Monica. Um, and it's about the city uh, basically creating you know, what they're calling a well-being index. Um, so not just looking at... Um, you know, normal factors that determine, you know, the sort of health of the city. But, you know, looking at a whole bunch of things, social connections, economic stability, personal safety, you know, a whole bunch of things, and putting all that data together to create this sort of uh, both quantitative and qualitative index uh, includes crime, includes school attendance rates, includes a whole bunch of stuff um, in this. Um, and basically, the city gets a, uh, a well-being rating or, or report card. What their goal is is to look at this and, and, and basically collect all this data and then use this data to uh, feed into how they develop, you know, government policy, city policy. Uh, around you know what gets funded and and what doesn't get funded and and you know different uh, bylaws and things like that. So, an interesting thing, um, you know, uh, it's um, 
you know, I'm, I'm sort of half and half on this one, you know, in terms of its value. I, I think it's important for municipalities to understand, you know, what's going on in their city and, and, and all these factors. Uh, you know, publishing an index around it, I'm not sure what that means um, and how you benchmark against other cities and, and what the value of that is. But the data that you collect and how that might affect public policy making, sure. Well, we'll talk about this a little bit later. I got my own opinions about this, but I'm yeah. going to close my mouth here for a little bit and uh, and I'll let it rip right after we're finished these top 10 stories. There you go. All right. Uh, and if you'd like some information, if you don't want to listen to the end of our show, you can go to smgov.net forward slash well-being and you can find a little bit more information if you so choose. But stick around. There you go. All right. Uh, the ninth story we're going to talk about is an app called Travel. It's a uh, not yet released app that makes travel a little bit simpler. Now, we've heard this quite a bit. We're going to be talking next week about the emergence of something in the travel space that we uh, that we hope very much. Um, I'm very excited about this. But basically, what Travel does is it trolls your social media accounts to automate your itinerary based on where you are or where you're going and who you who you know or who is around you at that time. Um, so what you do is it brings it all in. You give your phone a little shake like you do for the random music, and it changes your plans based on every all of those factors being brought into it. It's kind of intuitive, ingenu ingenious. I, I like this kind of concept. It's kind of random at the same time as it's kind of random structured travel is the way that I've kind of put it. So it also highlights uh, what's near. So if there's you know monuments and museums and things that are around you, it will pull those out. It also gets you in touch based on your likes. It'll get you in touch with people who uh, travelers who share similar interests as you. I'm not sure what that is. Maybe there's a hookup app. But this is this is an interesting take on the traditional boring uh, travel documents. Uh, you know, it's it's a little bit random, a little bit structured, something like that. If you're interested in this, it's not available yet. At you but you can go to travel.co. T-R-A-F-F-L-E dot co for more information. Not a lot more information, but you can sign up for the mailing list. There you go. Okay. And Finish our final off, story. Yes. Right? Our final story is about a product called Smart Mat. Uh, this is a Kickstarter project that basically uh, this group uh, has created a, a doormat uh, that, that you can put you know at the door of your house. Um, and uh, it's got all sorts of sensors in it. It connects via Wi-Fi, um, and it's and then you can program it to uh, perform uh, certain tasks, like uh, turn on the lights, you know, when you step on this mat, or um, you know, unlock the doors, or or whatever the case might be. Um, so kind of interesting. It, it's um, you know, it's coming out of um, a guy named uh, the engineer is a guy named Dr. Andrew Clark out of South Carolina, is where uh, where he's based. Um, and it's like I said, it's it's a mat with a whole bunch of sensors, and then you can program these sensors to to you know activate a certain uh, number of tasks and 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 functions. Um, interesting. Uh, we'll see how the you know whether they're able to scale this thing and get this thing into production and what the cost might be. But uh, I like it. I you know I I would certainly test it and use it um, in my house and 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 give it a shot. But it, it kind of fits in that whole category of things like. Um, you know, uh, Google's Nest uh, uh, yeah. project and things like that. So uh, we'll see. Two use cases popped in my head right away. One of them is that, uh, you know, as it being a doormat for at your front door or your back door, you know, uh, if you have a dog or cat and you have those little dog or cat doors, based on their weight, you could actually approximate their weight and have the door unlock or open up for yeah. them so they can get in the house. The second thing is, hey, listen, everybody, you know, it's springtime. You might need to shed a few pounds as a result of a good winter, a long winter, especially in Canada. Um, why not put this in front of the fridge, get an automatic lock system for your freezer so that after 8 o'clock you can't open the fridge, nor can you open the freezer so you can't go and snack and binge snack late at night. And I think that those are two great examples right there 
that this thing can work for. So smart mat, very interesting. Yeah, I mean, one, one of the examples they talked about was the idea of, uh, you know, when, when your kids come home from school or whatever and they, they, they step on the mat, you know, it can send a text message to let you know that oh, they're practical they're stuff. Oh, yeah, but, but at the same time, I, I can do the same thing with geofencing, right? Yeah. I can geofence my house and, and I don't need a mat to do that necessarily. No. So that that's where I'm, you know, I, uh, it, it depends for me on, on sort of the full feature set of what you can do with this thing, it, the cost of it, um, and their ability to scale this thing. But uh, interesting innovation uh, and developments here. So yeah. smart mat. Smart mat. mat. Yeah, S-M-A-R-T-M-A-T. So go to uh, kickstarter.com and uh, search for smart mat. All right, those are the 10 long stories. These are great stories. That's the problem with this is that we probably had 15 or 20 stories that we could have used in here, but those are them. They're such great conversation pieces. Each and every one of them, we're going to extract the three that we think are the most important, the most relevant. Big, bigger concepts, bigger trends. One of them is Uber Rush. We're going to be talking about the uberfication of Uber, which is, as we said, pretty meta. We're going to be talking about Tesco and this iBeacon concept for customer service, which I think is very interesting. And of course, uh, I think that I'm going to rip a hole in the whole well-being index, uh, and we're going to have a good conversation around that. But before we get into those three stories, I got to remind you that you know, Asif and I believe in this concept called value for value. It's a it's a model that you start to see emerge quite a bit in on in this whole uh, digital space, especially online. And uh, that's why we've created this content. We, we're trying to, you know, we use this as our learning mechanism as well. We're getting value out of this. I know that you guys listening to us rant sometimes. Maybe you'll get a little bit of value out of that. Uh, and what we're asking for is just a little bit of a contribution. Value for value. If you find value in these shows, why not go to patreon.com forward slash untether, contribute there, and let us augment this show. Let us get on the road. Let us get together for more episodes. Let us do some stuff that we haven't been able to do uh, because we've been bootstrapping this, funding this ourselves. And we would love to do this all the time more often webinars Q&A all these kind of things Google Hangouts if you guys think that there's any value in those things where we can help your business move forward by just having a conversation answering your questions go to patreon.com forward slash untether support us there you know that's the only way that I know that you can support independent content creators like us and we would appreciate it and as I said 25 bucks or more you'll get a mug you'll get some shirts you'll get our undying love and when we see you in person Guaranteed, no matter where you are or where we are, whether I'm on stage, Asif is on stage, or you're on stage, we will bear hug the crap out of you. So please, go to patreon.com forward slash untether, and you'll get a bear hug from Asif and I. Oh. oh, you know what? I should say that if you do not sponsor us there, you'll get a bear hug. How's that? <laughs> there you go. All right, patreon.com forward slash untether. There's little thing we're working on too, right, Rob? Yes, I keep forgetting about that damn thing. Asif, what is that? Uh, well, you know, we, we've been hard at work. We've, we've kind of taken, you know, what we've been doing here for three and a half years or however oh long it's God. been. 177 been episodes, now. yeah. 177 straight weeks uh, we've been doing this show. And all of that knowledge, all of that content that we've, uh, we've gathered through this process, Rob and I have decided to put it into the form of a book. Uh, and that is uh, going to be released shortly. Uh, it's, it's called People, Places, Media. And if you just go to peopleplacesmedia.com, you can sign up there uh, and get a, a copy of the first chapter for free. We're what days maybe away from it? No, it will maybe be on. It, it will be something. Uh, the first chapter is on screens, multi-screen, omni-channel, all that kind of stuff. So it's coming out. Getting fifty-two hundred words coming your way if you just go to peopleplacesmedia.com and sign up. Right there, you go. That's it. 
Yes. What, are we crazy? Crazy to do a book? We are crazy to do a book. Know. But there will be a little bit of video series with it as well, an audio series, some transcripts. It'll be, it'll be a good little package that you will uh, embrace. So you can support us that way as well. Excellent. All right, okay. our three stories, man. Let's uh, let's dive into this because uh, we'll start. Why don't we start with Uber and uh, and Rush and the Uberfication of Uber? Um, you know, these guys really. I don't have to explain who Uber is because if you don't know who Uber is right now, uh, you should probably just shut down this entire podcast, turn away, don't sponsor, don't go to Patreon.com forward slash Untether, don't, uh, but get the book because you need it very very clearly. You need it. But for the rest of you, uh, Uber, uh, this Uber Rush concept. You, you know, we've talked about this quite a bit. When they actually um, went out and uh, delivered Christmas trees at Christmas, the Uber drivers delivered Christmas trees at Christmas. Uh, it was the first sign. Then they delivered roses at, on Valentine's Day uh, to your sweetheart, which was the second sign. And now they're really dedicated to doing this, which is the Uber rush. And they're testing it out in New York City, high-density population, lots of couriers. This is a very competitive space. But but if anybody can do this, the Uber is going to turn the simple courier into a revolution again. And uh, and and for me, this is a bigger trend around uh, um, idle time. And we've talked about this quite a bit. Is that that excess inventory of time that we might have just sitting around? Uber is that kind of third or fourth job, really, that you wouldn't have had otherwise. And I think that this is a, just an unbelievable company. And when I do Untether and I do these long-form interviews, I ask people, you know, not all the time, but more and more now, I say, you know, what, what is the thing that's influenced you? What are the things, what is the company that is just blowing your socks off? And to a T, everyone that I've asked has said Uber. And, and they yep. continue to do this. Their valuation is $3 billion. This is a small valuation. Um, they will not rival the greatest company on the planet in Amazon, but they may deliver their groceries, right? What do you think of this deal? I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm constantly overwhelmed by, uh, you know, every new announcement I hear from Uber. Um, you know, and I travel a lot, as you know, I use Uber a lot uh, in, in various cities that I visit. Um, I love I love I love the service. I love the simplicity of it, uh, and I hear the complaints from you know the cab companies and and everybody else. But I don't see. I mean, for me, Uber is not a cab company, no. right? It's it's a you it's know a company service that, company. It's a service company, and it's about moving anything, yeah. right? It's it's a moving company, right? For me, I mean, that's how I think about it. I think about it, you know, whether we're moving people or we're moving packages or we're moving Christmas trees or we're moving roses or whatever it is we're moving. We're moving something from some Groceries. place to another. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and so I, I think, and, it, and it's not, a, it's not necessarily, I, I don't, I don't equate this to a courier company because um, it's not, I mean, they're not, you know, they're not yet, you know, in the plain business of shipping packages from one continent to another. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but it, it's absolutely, as you described it about, um, you know, finding a way to capitalize on the uh, underemployed uh, market uh, by, by, you know, opening up a, a platform that, you know, if you've got a car or apparently even if you don't have a car, <laughs> <No>. right, um, <laughs> you know, you, you can participate in this in this economy of moving moving stuff um, from one place to another and you can make money from it even now. Um, so I, I love this stuff. Um and, you know, just like I love, you know, things like uh, Zarly and TaskRabbit and things like that, too, in, in a similar way, that's about a service, um, you know, industry play as opposed to, you know, actually moving goods. physical goods. Yeah. But um, in either case, I mean, I, I think all of these sort of collaborative consumption type of models are, are really, really interesting and valuable. 
You know, I was I had breakfast with my father yesterday, Thursday morning, and and uh, um, it was very early in the morning, and I was talking about Uber, and I was talking about this company Mahana and what they're doing with iBeacons, and and I think that we I just kind of speculate a little bit about the future, and it's funny how how Uber has now changed the way we all think about all service industry, everything that we do. And we, we try to create that Uber experience with uh, within it. And, and we were sitting in a restaurant and uh, I was trying to explain to my father the significance of what Uber was and what Mahana could be and all these beacons and technology. And if you had beacons in every restaurant, what it could be. And and so you end up having that thing where you, you know, you can picture this, uh, you know, just thinking like Uber. You walk into the restaurant, you sit down, uh, you have your loyal uh, restaurant goer or you have Passbook uh, on your iOS device or the equivalent on Android if there is one. And you you sit down, you order your food, uh, and then you get up and leave because the beacon has communicated with you know your phone has communicated with a beacon, exchanged the information. There's it's a credit card on file. They've already done that. That you just hit one button to to approve the payment, and you're out the door just like uh, the Uber experience. Because when yeah. we when we spoke when we were down in Washington speaking before Christmas, and I was racing to get to the airport. Remember that? And I was in a cab. Yep. And it was like, oh, you know, jammed traffic, and 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 you know, the cutoff is 60 minutes before the flight. And I got to the airport like at like 38 minutes before my flight, and I'm like, I'm screwed. And then uh, the guy doesn't accept credit cards, right? The cab driver. And I'm okay. I've got 38 dollars in cash, and the and the and the tab was 48 bucks. And I just looked at him and said, dude, I am sorry. Here's 38 bucks. I'm getting on that plane, and I'm not going to miss it because you are not accommodating, right? You you cannot accommodate my payment process. That is the difference between an Uber experience and a cab experience. It was very uncomfortable stiffing the cab driver after he cursed the whole way through uh, getting down there. It took a long time to get there. But the Uber experience, I, I believe that they're doing this. They're just rolling this out gradually. But it has changed everybody's thinking about how they deliver yep. service. And it should think, yep. change yours. Amazing. God, I love it. Completely agree. Wow. That was a rant. What else can we say? Yeah. That's it. Show over. No. No, no. But from one good company like this that is thinking differently about the way that they service their customers, their clientele, to another. How, how is your well-being, Rob? Oh, right now it's I'm, I'm good. You know, I'm feeling good. Sun is shining. You know, it's kind of nice out there. You want to jump into that now, or do you want to talk about Tesco? Well, let's jump into well-being right oh, now. Okay. <laughs> yes. Well, they, so they're doing this in Sacramento, right? Where they, where they're basically bringing in every external factor you can possibly imagine. And putting it into what they consider, they call it a, like a well-being index. Um, you, you know, I, I, this is, I, I think it's interesting. Like, you know, they, they show this kind of concept of, as you said, they're bringing in everything. All those stats, right? Like everything mm -hmm. that they can possibly bring in and they're going to give it a number. Right? Is they that what are. they're doing? That's, that's what they're doing. I mean, so, so the idea is, is that, I mean, historically cities look at 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 data from, you know, on an individual, uh, you know, data point at a time, right? So, you know, what's the employment uh, rate or unemployment rate right now? You know, what, you know, what, you know, what's the crime uh, stat look like right now? Uh, and we tend, we, we treat these in isolation and we look at these, you know, these things and, okay, well, if the crime rate's really, really high, well, you know, we're going to have to uh, hire some more police officers and try and get that down. Right. And so they treat these things in isolation. And so what they're suggesting is, is let's take all of these factors and put them all together uh, and look at sort of an overall health index, if you will, for the for the uh, for the city. Uh, and let's use that in terms of how we uh, determine policy. I mean, there's got to be some weighting going on within you know, how, you know, you know, these various statistics, but it's an interesting concept. Have you seen the Lego movie? Yes. 
Yes. Have you seen the opening? Everything is awesome. You know, that's what it reminds me of is that and if you don't think it's awesome, you get ejected from Sacramento. Yeah. You know, like uh, like what uh, Rudy Giuliani did with uh, with the homeless, which is basically just shove them off to New Jersey, right? That's how he cleaned up the homeless challenge in, in New York. It's the same thing with Sacramento. It's like, oh, yeah, your well-being index, 40 and below. Sorry, you can't live here, right? Um, you know, I, I don't have a I don't have a challenge. Oh, yeah, of course I do. Like, this is ridiculous. Come on. Like, come on. I, I just think that, you know, for a government organization to come up with some drivel like a well-being index, go and fix the damn roads. If you have an unemployment issue, go and get, you know, find ways to get people hired. Uh, you know, if taxpayers' money is being put towards this, is there ever a wonder why California is in receivership? Because this kind of stuff is ridiculous. I can't imagine walking in and thinking, hey, listen, I'm going to pitch a well-being index to the government or to the state of New York. Can you imagine? They would just get, you know what? It would be like, it, w it would be okay to stab that person. It'd be like, you you deserve to get stabbed for bringing that into, into New York. The well-being index is the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard of a government doing on the planet. I don't know if I can be. Any, I don't know if I can I can't be any clearer. Any better? Um, yeah. Like, well, you know, yeah. just because that data is there, you know, I, I, there, there's, there, there can't be any relationship between all of this data to make it cohesively come into a number that isn't ridiculous. Yeah, like, no, I, I, I agree with you, Rob. I, I think there's so many. I mean, I mean, look at, you know, what we, you know, what was it two years ago? I think we talked about uh, street bump. Um, in Boston. I mean, that to me is a very practical application. I mean, you, you get the citizens to d download an app, put it on their phone, it runs in the background all the time while they're driving their cars, and as they're hitting potholes in the roads, you know, it's measuring those that little change in, in uh, you know, in altitude, if you will, um, you know, barometric pressure, I guess. Um, and it's feeding that data real time through the open uh, data policy that the city has in there. And once a, a certain threshold has been met, a crew just gets sent out to fix a pothole. I mean, that to me awesome. is awesome, right? Awesome. This is, uh, you know, let's just collect a bunch of data. Let's pontificate a bunch more. Let's waste more, you know, taxpayer money and, and you know, and, and, and talk but not act. Yeah. And not to mention be ridiculed, incessantly ridiculed because you have a well-being yeah. index. Like that, Bump is, is a great example of good municipal planning to actually create efficiencies in the system. And especially in, in Canada, we should be doing that. I don't understand why we, you know, up here, it's just pothole after pothole after pothole. This would be the perfect application up here. Especially but, after this winter. Yeah. But uh, the well-being uh. index, I can predict the well-being index. When it's raining, I'm not happy. When it's snowing and cold, I'm not happy. When it's sunny and warm... I'm happy. Saturdays, I'm happier than Fridays. Sundays, I'm a <laughs> little bit go. more depressed than, than Saturdays, but I'm happier yeah. than Mondays. Mondays are not good. I'm just telling you, when I'm stuck in traffic, I'm agitated. Right? Holy okay. cow. Enough said. Oh, okay. I need to calm down. My well-being index is not balanced. Hmm. All right. All right. Now, this, our last story, great story. Uh, maybe Industry. not the maybe not the greatest company on the planet. Maybe third behind Amazon and Uber, but Tesco is up there. Tesco, right, don't 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 forget my my friends at PayPal. Okay, PayPal is in there too. We we got like a, uh, you know, our top ten is about a hundred companies, right? Jammed into yeah, the top ten. Really, it is. Yeah, 
Uh, but these guys, um, you know, I think that the bigger trend that we're talking about here is that you, the use of iBeacon for customer service is that they're they're using it in a way that we have not seen people use this yet because we always think of iBeacons, especially now, and, and maybe it's a bastardization of the technology, is always about pushing and selling, right? And this is about receiving and helping, which is on, and I don't mean like helping by matching a tie with a shirt, I mean actually helping where a customer has a problem. And I think that that's so unique. We haven't seen that. We have not seen that. And, and and I think it's interesting because right now when we look at beacon technology or Wi-Fi even, um, you know, if we wind the clock back and we look three or four years, you know, we, we, can, we can totally see that all the vendors would go knock on the doors of these retailers and say, hey, put this stuff in. Uh, you can give free Wi-Fi to your, to your customers in the store. That's a great thing. Oh, and by the way, once they're connected, you can push them, you know, whatever promotional offer you want. They didn't buy into it because capital cost was too much. Beacon technology comes, the cost gets lowered, the same functionality becomes possible, and yet we're still, a lot of these guys, yes, there's lots of testing going on around pushing offers and deals, but, you know, there, there's a bigger value there around analytics and understanding traffic flow and other things that, you know, some retailers are starting to see the value in. What I love about this particular story is, is that you know there isn't, they're not talking about analytics data. They're not talking about you know uh, pushing offers. They're not talking about monetization at all in, in that context. What they're talking about is is back to you know marketing 101, retailing 101, which is let's just have a better customer service experience, and that will win, right? You know when we talk about showrooming and and all that stuff, you know how do you fight showrooming? You know, by having real customer service, by having great experiential, you know, offerings in marketing, um, and I think the, the, looking at an iBeacon or Beacon technology in general from that perspective adds, adds a huge amount of value to this, right? Whether whether it's you know recommending an you know alternative product because one product's out of stock, or you know as we talked about earlier with you know the Home Depot example I threw out of you know being able to summon you know a customer service person you know to wherever you are in that store for help. Um, you know, there's so much value uh, in that that uh, you know, can't just you you can't measure. You know that. If, well, I, mean, I guess you could measure. You know, once in we a, have enough data a, on this in kind a of well-being stuff, index, data yet. You could do to, a well-being index this. for it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I love this stuff. You know, I, I hate to keep bringing up Mahana, but but here's a perfect example of of what you know. Their their entire premise is uh, is about. Um, understanding how long a lineup is or how long it's going to take you to get a table inside of a restaurant and the restaurants that are investing in this and it's just in the Austin area right now 12 restaurants that they're using yeah. but the restaurants uh, understand who are doing it understand the value of that not angering anybody so if they can actually stagger their seatings so that people will they can get more people in and they're not angering anybody uh, you know for waiting too long in line for for a table I think that that is a very significant piece and I think that that's along the line of what Tesco is trying to do with it's about customer service I think the challenge, though, uh, for selling that kind of stuff, unless you're at Tesco, um, is is to convince a large, uh, you know, like a restaurant, that this is a sunk cost, but the outcome is going to be better customer service, and therefore it's going to be better. Uh, you, you know, you're going to create a deeper relationship with your customer, and yeah. they're going to come back more often, right? Well, and that's the thing, like with with the Mahana stuff. Like, I'd love to. I mean, we have so many big restaurant chains in the LBMA member base, yeah. and I'd love to kind of like take something like that and roll it into a, a big chain. Yeah, uh, as a test and see you know what we could do with it. So if you're listening, Mahana, you know, give give us a ring and 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 let's see if we can put that together. But oh, they are. They're listening. They better be listening, Brian and yeah, Richard. You better yeah. be listening to this now. Yeah, 
We, we've only mentioned your, your name 47 times, more than <laughs> more than Uber, Tesco, and Amazon. There um, you go. But I mean, so, you, yeah. This so. is with with Tesco doing this. I hope what it does is it opens opens up the eyes of, of people that that there is a value for doing this around customer service. There is a valuable value. It's very valuable to help your customers when they're in the store, and and uh, you know I just I can't stress that enough. Is that most people it will take less than a ten percent discount to for you to lose eighty eight percent of the people sitting inside of your store, right? Less than a ten percent discount will take eighty eight percent of the people in your store and go to the competitors in order to be able to go and buy that product. That yeah. is a frightening statistic. How do you handle that? Not by pushing uh, complimentary offers out or anything like that or discounting prices based on the fact that they're in the store. You do it by having a great experience inside the store. And if the experience is like a Home Depot experience, if there was a Lowe's right next door, you can be damn sure you're going to the Lowe's because of that, uh, that lack of experience. So, uh, you know, Maybe Tesco is a great company. Yeah, and the, and the beauty of that that particular example that I threw out is, is that it, it's not it's not about necessarily adding more you know uh, sales staff on the floor. It's about a, it's about a better utilization of that sales staff based on you know being able to understand you know where the need is right now in that store. Right, and I think that's the power that this beacon technology can have. That's the power that you know camera-based analytics, you know, video camera-based analytics are evolving into interesting location facial recognition technologies. So as long as we can get over all the privacy, you know, concerns yes. around this stuff, there's real value here for yeah. the consumer and for the retailer. Right? Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Well, those are the top 10 and, of course, our deep dive into the three, Uber Rush, Tesco, and our well-being index. Um, two of the three stories felt very satisfying. The third was actually cathartic because I got to vent a little bit. Uh, what do you think? Were those the right stories for us to approach? Did we miss anything? Was there a story about you guys who are listening that we should have had? Well, that's your fault. you got to tell us about these stories. So you can reach out to us, rob at untether.tv. That's, that's my email address. Asif at the LVMA.com. That's Asif's email address. You can also reach out to untether.tv forward slash talk and leave us a voicemail or a question if you have any. Um, and of course, you can reach out to me on Twitter at, at Rob Woodbridge or Asif at Asif Arkan on the Twitter sphere. Like it just, there's so many ways to contact us. But we hope that you've enjoyed these stories and, of course, the deep dives. Our resource of the week was uh, Richard and, and uh, Brian from Mahana. And of course, our mobile minute. Man, that's it. 177 done. Awesome. All right. We'll be back. Unbelievable. 178 next week. We will. So everybody out there who's watching, listening, whatever you're doing, wherever you are, uh, please accept our thanks for making it to this point in the show. And we will see you next week for episode 178. Later. <laughs>